just thought that I don't want to leave uni yet. So my undergrad was in English and creative writing at Brunel and I absolutely loved it, but I just felt like I just wasn't done yet. I've always loved learning, not everything. I'm terrible at maths, but definitely English and writing. And I just knew that, yeah, it was my calling to stay. I know that sounds so geeky. So, um, yeah, after my undergrad, I had the summer off and then I basically just went straight back into uni to do my master's. So, uh, hi everyone. Hope you're doing well. Hope you're looking after yourselves. Uh, yeah, can't believe it. We're on the seventh episode of season four. Pick up the mic. Technically, our 47th episode. We're slowly approaching that 50 episode mark, which is... Uh, Obviously amazing uh, and is something that we're hoping to celebrate with you guys in person at some point. Um, But yeah, we've come to discuss another important topic with another amazing guest. Uh, And today's episode is all about supporting charitable initiatives. And uh, what better way to tell us how we can do that to then having this uh, amazing guest speaker, Sydney. Now, I always say this at the start of the episode, I don't want to bore you with the details of the speaker because... I'm not them. I can't, I can't show the enthusiasm and, uh, you know, the, the great things that they do as well as they could. So I'm going to hand over to Sydney uh, as our amazing guest speaker to just please introduce yourself. Hi, everyone. And thank you, Jeffrey, for having me on the podcast. It's really nice to be here. And it's actually my first podcast ever. So it's good experience. But yeah, I'm Sydney. I'm 23 and I live in London. God, I feel like I'm doing Love Island. <laughs> and yeah, I live in Hackney. Um, so yeah, quite east of London, and I currently work in communications for a charity called Birthrights, as well as being a part-time master's student at Bruno University, and I study creative writing. Wow, that's wonderful. Thank you. And uh, yeah, 100%, I know what you mean. I think <laughs> I mean, the amount of times we've asked guest speakers to, to introduce themselves, it kind of does feel like that Love Island introduction. And yeah. It's just like, oh yeah, what's your special talent? Or what's your special talent? And it's just like... <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> oh, but no, it's great to hear the amazing work that you do. And the fact that you're doing this while doing your master's is, is incredible. Uh, and it's definitely something you should definitely be proud of. Um, I guess before we officially start... Oh, no, no, you're very welcome. Um, before we officially start, I know um, we might touch on, uh, you know, birthrights a bit more, but there might be some listeners listening or watching and they might be thinking, what is birthright? And yeah, so very quickly, could you just let us know what birthrights is? Yeah, basically, birthrights is a charity that advocates for human rights for women and birthing people going through pregnancy and childbirth. So it's pretty much anyone who is planning on having a baby or is about to have a baby Um, who basically just want to know their human rights and having a baby because sometimes um, care isn't always accessible and it doesn't always go right, even though we have like the third best healthcare system in the world, the NHS, it still doesn't mean that all outcomes are positive for people. And that's everyone from every race and gender, like everything. So um, yeah, we basically just help. um, We have an advice line where we help women and birthing people who want advice to say, oh, do I have to have this type of birth? No, you don't. You can choose whatever birth you want to, no matter what doctors say, and you can use the law. And it's not illegal. It's literally the law, but nobody knows that. And things like we speak a lot about informed consent and where you want to have your baby. It's not against law to have it at home. But even though it might sound a bit boring and, oh, I'm 23, why do I work for a birth charity? I'm not really planning on having kids soon. It's really good to know your rights in any healthcare setting because now when I go to the doctors I always know what I'm talking about and I know how to have really good informed conversations and 
make sure that I know my rights and that I'm not getting taken advantage of because as a young person and as a young black woman, sometimes you do get taken advantage of or you're not taken seriously just because of the way you look. So it's always good knowledge to have. And there also may be some um, young women and birthing people who are watching, who are planning on having children soon. So you should definitely check out birthrights. Oh, perfect. <laughs> no, the perfect. That's that's really great. And I think you're definitely right. Um, I think especially uh, I had the, the pleasure of working uh, with my sister because uh, she's sort of, sort of doing something similar to, to what birthrights are doing. Of um, she uh, She's working on an app, she's working on an app essentially that looks at like collating all this information. Because I think like you said, even not when it just comes to, to giving birth, uh, I guess healthcare in general, um, we do have a tendency to not really know exactly what we can and can't ask. Uh, and sometimes we feel like if we do ask something sort of like, going against the rules and we're just oh yeah. you know if you ask them a question we're, we're doing something wrong um but no we're so in trouble exactly and i think especially like you're saying for for people um from people of color essentially like it's just that step complicated and i know um with the the app that my sister was working on uh, called mummy and me that was one of the things that came out that um that she was saying that like uh, as black uh black women are four times more likely to die during uh childbirth then yeah. they're white, white counterparts. Um, and for people um, of Asian heritage, it's twice as likely. And it's one of those things where, like you said, you, you genuinely feel like sometimes when it comes to doctors, you can't ask certain questions. Um, but actually, you know, you can, you can, you can talk about all these different things. And yeah, I think it's really, it's really amazing. Like you said, what, what birthrights are doing. Um, so yeah, I think, I think personally, you know, like you said, I disagree. I think no one would ever say that what you're doing is boring. I think that's, that's amazing work that you're doing. Um, so yeah, no, thank you. Well, I should be saying thank you for, for, for doing this work and yeah, I oh, think. No I, worries. Yeah. Oh, I, think, I feel oh. like, um, it's sad that we do live in a society where we do feel like we have to advocate ourselves because you would think, why can't we just get the choices that we ask for? But sadly, we don't. And um, I will just say one more thing about birthrights. Um, last week now, we released a race inquiry that we had been leading for a year where we collated a lot of data um, and lived experiences of women and birthing people who are black, brown and Asian and mis mixed ethnicity who basically reported um, having worse experience, experiences of care due to the colour of their skin. Um, women died, babies dying, really hor horrible stuff. Sorry, I don't know if I should have done a trigger warning um, for that, but yeah, really horrible stuff. And not just the people that are having the care, but the people that are giving the care. Healthcare professionals also face a lot of racism in the NHS and it's really sad, but um, Unquiry has done a lot of good work and it's definitely something that everyone should just check out and stay informed on because that could affect you, it could affect your partner one day. So it's definitely good to just have a quick read about. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think like you said, um, it is uh, it is one of those things where that, that lack of representation can be really bad. Um, because I know, uh, like from my, with my sister, for example, the reason, the whole reason why she started that app was because uh, when she was born, um, she was diagnosed with, um, well, she wasn't diagnosed, but she essentially was drawn this. Um, and my parents had noticed and they were saying, you know, she doesn't look right for a black baby. Uh, they already had one child. So they knew um, they already had my sis older sister. So they were just like, we know what a black baby should look like. We don't think this yeah. is it. And then she, they were just told by like uh, the healthcare workers that, no, this isn't, this is like, there's nothing wrong. And then my dad was just like, no, 
something is wrong. And like my parents were just like, no, we want to see, like, we want to, we want this taken up. We want to see a senior doctor. Yeah. And it was only through escalating that they did, you know, find out she had jaundice and were able to treat her. But it's kind of like what you're saying that if you don't have these options or you don't know that these options are available to you, yeah. you can't actually do anything. Jaundice, um, yeah, that really came up in our inquiry. A lot of black women um, and partners, parents, reported that their babies had jaundice and it wasn't picked up because healthcare professionals aren't necessarily always trained to see health conditions in every skin tone. So they don't know that in jaundice, um, black babies tend to go a bit more yellow, but they don't have that training, which is also something that we do at Birthrights. We offer training to get healthcare professionals training for everything, not just for one race, basically. Like, yeah, we just want to be inclusive. We want everyone to access good care. (laughs) But that's really uh, interesting to see that even see, I don't even know you and I've heard that it's crazy. Yeah, honestly. And uh, I, I think it's, it's great to say that what, what don't birthrights do? Because uh, even training healthcare professionals, you guys are definitely multi-talented and doing amazing work. Um, mm, but great, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but I guess going on to our first official question um, is, I guess, at, the, at this time of recording, it's May. So, you know, there'll be a few people who've, who have, uh, you know, submitted all their exams, submitted all their coursework, and they're heading to that point of graduation. Uh, and essentially, I wanted to ask you, after your undergraduate, what did you do after you graduated? So after my undergrad, I think we went into a pandemic I'm pretty sure it was yeah 2020 so that was great um that was a really fun summer we basically I yeah, was just inside and I didn't do anything and I just thought that I don't want to leave uni yet so my undergrad was in English and creative writing at Brunel and I absolutely loved it but I just felt like I just wasn't done yet I've always loved learning not everything I'm terrible at maths but definitely English and writing and I just knew that yeah it was my calling to stay I know that sounds so geeky so um yeah after my undergrad I had the summer off and then I basically just went straight back into uni to do my master's but um a master's it can be a lot more expensive especially when you don't come from a privileged family so I knew that if I was going to stay in uni I would have to work um on the side so I made sure that I basically did my master's master's um part-time so yeah, that's what I did. <laughs> no, thank you. And oh no, oh, no it's not nerdy. Uh, I, I, I literally, I did the exact same. Um, so it's great. I probably should say the start. I'm also a, a Brunel student, both for undergrad and currently for postgrad as well. Wow. Um, and I think, like you said, when so I didn't. So I graduated literally the summer just passed, um, and I was kind of like. I was lucky because I did a placement year as soon as the pandemic hit. So I was kind of like, okay, you know, like it's probably great that I took, took a year out to work. Um, yeah. And then, focus on. yeah. And when I came back, I was just like, okay, you know, this is, this is good. Um, but I think like what you were saying, I was kind of just like, Hmm, I don't really feel ready yet to just go out and work in the world. I was kind of just like, I feel like there's a lot more to learn. And I think definitely like you said, so my master's is in sustainability, entrepreneurship and design. And I think, from doing my master's, I've definitely felt like more equipped to go out and work in the world. Um, And I think that that's one of the things that, you know, I'm not, as I always say, I don't, I'm not saying that everyone should do a master's, but I feel like, especially if you don't know what you want to do after university, sometimes a master's can be that way to just narrow things down. Um, But yeah, yeah, I think like you said, but I know, thank you. And I think definitely, like you said, it's, 
it's taking into account that yes, it is also a bit more pricey, um, especially if, you know, depending on what you're doing, it can be more work intensive. So I've always said that every, like, here's me thinking I did my third year and we're basically in a lockdown. I can basically do anything. And when I tell you that, I think my first term of masters, I was just like, uh, when it ended, I was just like, wow. Yeah. That probably was one of the hardest things that I've ever had to do at uni. <laughs> and it's just a hundred percent. I think it's just like knowing that, you know, you will need to put in a lot of work, but if you do a course that you like or something that you really enjoy, you'll come out and you'll just be like, you know what? It was tough. It was kind of hard, but actually I really enjoyed all that skills and all the different things that I learned. And I think it kind of just makes you feel more like more, I guess, more at peace with like what you want to do. So I think it, like I was saying before about that clarity, but also I think it's knowing also what you don't like. So I know that I, I don't want to work in a lab. Um, like mm. as soon as I did lab work for my first year, I was just like, yeah, no, I don't want to work in a lab. Um, and I think that that's also that, yes, you know, your masters can be pricey, but that also can be a good thing to also learn to know that actually, you know, I don't really want to go and, work uh in a certain organization i don't want to do this type of job because it then means that you can then think about well actually if this isn't if this isn't what i want to do then what can i do that interests me and what can i do that's fun and stuff like that um so yeah so i think that's that's really great to hear that you you know you're still and i think it's amazing that you're you're working and doing your masters because that that's that's a that's that's that takes skill that takes skill that takes skill that's all i can say for that I think, yeah, with my master's, just to say that um, because I do creative writing, I think what really made me say is that anyone could write, literally anyone can write, you just need a pen. But in order to do that, like, it just takes practice. So if I'm developing something and when I'm not at uni, I really just forget about writing and reading altogether. But knowing I'm at uni and I have deadlines to meet and I'm practicing my skill, I'm attending lectures, hearing a lot of experience from other people and getting like the best writing techniques, creative writing techniques. So that's what made me stay because I definitely, um, as a side note, want to produce some piece of work that I can publish one day. And I just felt like a master's really would force me to actually put the effort in now rather than leave it till later when I know I will be working full time and I won't have as much time. So Hopefully, yeah, the cost will be worth it in the long run. Definitely. And we look forward to uh, whatever you, you public, uh, publicize and, you know, you create. Um, yeah, we're looking forward with anticipation. Um, so, yeah, that, that's really great. And um, I guess leading on to our next question, um, you know, you, you sort of touched on it when you spoke about birthrights. But essentially, why did you decide to work for a charitable organization? OK, right. So. This is a bit of a long story, but I'll make it as short as I possibly can. So, um, so yeah, during the pandemic, when I got, when I was doing my master's, still doing it, almost done. Um, but the first year I was doing it and I was like, okay, I need a job. And I just really was tired of working in like retail and stuff. I was like, I need to gain experience because, um, I don't know, my mom forces me, forces on me every day. So she's like, yeah, you need experience, you need experience. So I was like, okay, no, I actually need to take this seriously for myself now so um I was on universal credit at the time yeah because it's just at home and there was a scheme going around and it's called the kickstart scheme oh actually you know what I have to go back a bit it was before that oh right I remember now sorry this because this is like two years ago now so basically yeah before I got this job 
I was, it was the summer and um, Brunel had sent an email around and it was basically like, would you be interested in working in communications? And I've heard of communications because my mum used to work for Nike um, PR. So I knew what communications was about and it was something I was interested in because I like people. So basically, um, when I read the email from Brunel, it was from this foundation called the Taylor Bennett Foundation. I'm not sure if you may have heard of it before, um, but it's basically an, a, a foundation where they get um, young like people of colour into the world of comms because I think at the time there was only one in ten um, black people that works in communication. Like It was a very white-dominated industry and male-dominated industry. So I basically got a mentor from a lovely lady called Katie Fox um, that worked at Tin Man Communications at the time. And she basically mentored me for six months, just telling me exactly what communications is, what she does on a day-to-day basis, how PR works and how it's completely different to paid advertising and stuff. And I loved it. So uh, once I finished my um, training with um, Katie, that was all online because of the pandemic. Then I was then put onto universal credit and I was like, okay, I need to get a job in comms because I'm not going to get all that valuable training and then work in retail. So um, then the government put out this scheme called the kickstart scheme that I I think a lot of young people at the time heard about because we basically didn't have any jobs and it was really unfair because there were so many graduates of all this, um, you know, all these degrees, but they had no jobs. So um, a lot of companies used it where the government basically paid them um, to employ a young person for, it could be, I think, six months to a year. So that's where I found Birthrights and a few other organizations and I applied um, for and I got quite a good few responses and I loved it. Um, And I decided to go for Birthrights because it was working for a charity, but in communications. So basically, in essence, it was just promoting um, the charity's work on social media, on their website, in newsletters and stuff like that. So I started working there for about six months. And then at the end of the kickstart scheme, it's down to the employer whether they want to basically keep you on or let you go. And luckily, thankfully enough, um, Birthrights kept me on. So I've been working there ever since. And it's been great. Um, And on the side, I have done a few more like comms things by myself because there were people that I knew that had really good businesses. Now that I knew I had the skill to promote it, um, I was like, okay, I work part-time, so I have a few hours in the week where I could help promote other people's work. So um, there's a lovely lady who's actually my auntie called Vanessa Taylor, and she came out with a children's book called Waller Boys, I think about two years ago now, and I've been help- I helped her promote that um, a while ago, and she's doing excellent now. She goes into schools. It's basically a book about football, but it's like all-inclusive. It's got kids with dyslexia, multiple disabilities. Um, The main character is a black child and it's really nice to see because there's just not that representation. So yeah, I've basically done a lot of um, communications, which has led me into the charity sector. But um, I feel like I've been speaking for a while now. (laughs) No, I I was listening very intently. what first off let's let's start with the the big thing i can't believe your mom worked for nike and nike communication that's that's, that's amazing um back in the day back in the day <laughs> and I'm, I'm sure she had a she had a wonderful time with that i mean honestly um like looking at how 
like like we said about communications and how the you know organizations like nike promote stuff is just like is crazy like i know um i watched the there was the netflix special of the last dance of talking about like uh um what was Michael Jordan uh, talking about Michael Jordan and his journey and I watched the episode where they talked about like how Air Jordans came to be and like the all about that I was just like wow that is uh, like marketing to its best yeah Mark yeah there's so much behind PR like you have to be really creative I think mm. because it's not paid so you need to know that your ideas are going to want to get people to buy your product basically <laughs> <laughs> no that's so true and I think like next like you like I said your story is really interesting because the fact that you did all of this work and like like, I think, like you said, you utilized the kickstart scheme, you know, yeah. you, you worked with birthrights. They, they enjoyed your work so much that you, they, you know, invited you back. Um, even the fact that you were, you were helping out family on the side as well. That, that's, yeah. that's incredible. Um, and I guess it speaks to your marketing and your common skills. So, uh, that's great to see that you're doing all this, this, these cool things. Um, and who knows, maybe someone listening might be like, you know, might need to send, uh, Sydney an email to, uh, to maybe see if she's sure. free to do some common stuff for me. Oh, you never know. Or yeah, if you want to know how to get into PR, you, everyone should definitely check out the Taylor Bennett Foundation. It's a really good gateway to just get an idea of what it is and it's mm. free. So it's just a few hours of your week, or maybe less, maybe an hour a week or something okay. like that. Um, and it's just a really good skill to have. Like, I feel like maybe if I didn't have that experience, mm. rights maybe wouldn't have picked me. You never know. So it was good to have that under my belt, definitely. Oh, wow. That's wonderful. Um, now we're going to switch things up with the next question. Uh, and we're going to start this off uh, with everyone's favorite and new segment of Mike Check, where we put some interesting facts and figures. Um, now, for this question, I'm going to put the, the information first, and then I'm going to ask Sydney the question. So the information comes uh, from the National Council for Voluntary Organizations. And essentially, these are some like quick facts, uh, and we'll include a picture of this as well, about charities in the charity sector. Uh, so, for example, they say that um, within the UK, uh, the ch uh, charities within the UK have an annual income of about 43.8 billion pounds a year uh, and 41.7 billion is spent helping millions around the UK and globally. Uh, they also talk about that within this, uh, within the charity sector, they employ 827,000 people, which is approximately 2.7 of the UK's workforce. Uh, and they also go on to say that, that more than uh, 12, sorry, more than 21 million volunteers help these charities to work. And essentially they talk about that while there are a large majority of like, there are a few like big charities, uh, the vast majority are small charities with lower levels of income. Now, you might be wondering, why did Jeffrey just like, give all this information. And the reason is our next question for Sydney is if you were, you know, let's say you had the money or let's say, you know, you're ready to start your own charity. What sector would you go into and what would it be on? Okay. You're going to think this is very, very random, but I know exactly what I would start because it's something that um, I'm already interested in. Um, another quick this will be a quick backstory, but one of my modules for my master's is called Writing at Work, Writers at Work, and it's how to get creative writers into the world of work, basically. And um, we had an assignment where we had to pick like a project to do that was uh, really close to our heart and how we would put that into society and it could be funded or not funded. So I basically came up with um, a brand called All Dogs Go to Heaven. 
And it's basically, um, it was based off of my own experience, experience of losing an animal. I lost my dog, Aslan, um, I think two years ago at the start of the pandemic. And I had him for about 12 years. And he was honestly like my best friend, my brother, all of that. So I just knew from my own experience that I basically dealt with grief um, in silence because usually, especially in the UK, we have a stiff upper lip and grief is not taken seriously when it comes to pets dying. It's just like, oh, you'll be all right. Oh, it's just an animal. But for someone that is actually going through grief, I think we forget to realize that grief is grief. You can't say, oh, it's for this, because if that person feels those emotions and experiences that mental health, then it is grief and it should be taken seriously. So I thought of this project and I thought there are so many people on this planet that are going through grief in silence. So that is a lot of mental health going around that's not being spoke about. So um, I'm actually waiting for my assessment back for this project. But um, what I've decided to do is basically um, create free creative writing classes online for people that are going through grief, basically just to aid in their journey so that they feel like um, they have a space a safe space to speak about um, their pet loss. It could be recent, it could be in the past, it could be coming up, just so that they know that they're not alone. Because I felt like if I had even that little inch of like community or someone saying, it's okay, like you're allowed to cry about your dog, it would have made me and my journey so much better because it's something I still deal with um, by myself. So I feel like it's not just for them, it's for me. So yeah, I'm just kickstarting those um creative writing workshops in the autumn once I finish my master's um, because there's just too much going on right now but I also need to get um, a qualification in pet grief counselling as well just so I have a bit more knowledge of how to actually help people so um, if I was to create a charitable organisation it would be all dogs go to heaven (laughs) oh wow let's just uh, pause right there because that is I think like you said that is really incredible work that it would do because uh, I think, like you said, um, there is that tendency where people don't really think about how important pets can be, especially to to some, certain people. You know, um, for elderly people who might live alone, or people who live alone in general, that might be the only interaction they have daily. Especially, like you said, during the pandemic, um, I know everyone knows that there was a sale, like soaring rising of like people buying pets. Yeah. But to be honest, even before then, like you like you said, that it's you know pets can sometimes have that closer connection to you because you know you're spending all that time with them you're looking after them and I think that that's really true that it isn't really something and even off the top of my head I was thinking that no there isn't really a lot that you know advises how to like look after your mental health when something happens or like you know if you are concerned about um you know, a family member or a friend who's lost a pet, there's yeah. never really something that's just like, oh yeah, you know, like call this number or do this. It's more of like, oh, you know, like this is how to look after your mental health in general, which yeah. yes, is definitely important. But like you said, um, sometimes the grief for that can almost be as real as, you know, going through some, uh, like a mental health period by itself. Um, so yeah, I think definitely this would be, this would be a great thing and uh, fingers crossed, we look forward to when it starts. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Like I was going to say, um, got to say, it's definitely um, free. But at the end of each session, um, I've set up a platform called Coffee, where it's basically if you want to pay like um, the amount of a coffee um, to my class, you can. But it's completely up to you. Like I don't want people to feel like I'm trying to take their money. It's honestly just a bit of fun for me. Speech speech marks, <laughs> um, because yeah, I just knew that like 
it's just a nice thing to do and it doesn't take much up much of my time and I love writing so it'd be nice to get people to write poems or letters about their loved ones because we don't get funerals um we don't get that closure and sometimes you have deeper emotional connections than you do with humans to animals so yeah it's definitely something that I hope to work on in the future so thank you no 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 you're very welcome and I think like you said um one of the things that I've always believed is that create like creative uh, outlets whether it's uh, creative writing or music um is they do help you sometimes deal with these emotions um like i know like sometimes when i've been going through stuff um writing poems is like just like been really nice to like sometimes get the thoughts i guess off your chest um and just to put it on a page and i think that that's really good because i think like you said sometimes there are moments when you might be going through something and you just like you can try and explain it to someone, but they'll never really truly understand it unless they've been through it. So sometimes being able to just, you know, like write it and just put it on a piece of paper can make you actually think like, wow, you know, this is actually how I was feeling. Like whether you write it from your perspective or, you know, you you do the poem in a way that it's from the perspective of someone else. Like, I think it's really good to do that. And I think, yeah, like writing poetry is definitely one of the things that um, I've just, loved i've sort of like put it on the back burner at the moment um but yeah definitely like you said i think that's that's something i've really enjoyed and uh, i guess similar to you uh, i i'm sort of like in the middle because i don't know what to do uh but at some point i do want to like start to publish some of these and whether that's like through an anthology um or like yeah oh thank you um yeah fingers crossed there it all goes well um but yeah i think it's, it's great to have these creative outlets to just um to you know get get what's on your your mind sort of like out there on a piece of paper and it can make you truly actually think about like you know I was feeling angry about this but was it something else that was going on or like you said with the you know with the pet you might just be you might be years or like months later or even like a few days afterwards and you're just like no I feel perfectly fine and actually you know you do the workshop and you're just like actually you know it turns out I have not (laughs) processed this at all um very therapeutic writing is it has so much therapeutic um benefits and there's a lot of evidence to support that definitely definitely um and I guess going to the next question um I know we've spoken about, you know, what you would do with your charity, uh, All Dogs Go to Heaven, which sounds amazing. Um, But essentially, as individuals, how can we support the work that charities do? Basically, I feel like you need to find a charity that is close to your heart or a cause that is close to your heart and then just go and research it. Like nowadays, there's honestly a charity for everything because I had no idea about birthrights and now they've been on like the news all of last week, like there was on BBC News, ITV News, all day. And I was like, wow. So sometimes it's sad to say that you kind of have to go through something to want to find out about it. But um, I'd say it's definitely a start to think about something that what affects you or people that you know, people that you love or the outer world, what is something that you really want to change and then start with that. And then I think, a lot of people get put off charities because they think, oh, I have to donate. I'm not doing that. You don't just have to donate, even just spreading the message, sharing a post on social media, commenting, um, asking for help for yourself. Like all those little things really does make a difference for charities. It doesn't have to be profitable. De- definitely. I think that's so true. Uh, and I think, like you said, um, there is that like tendency to think, oh, you know, if there's a charity, you have to give money to them or you have to, you know, always 
do work, you know, do these paid uh, stuff. And it's just like, no, you know, sharing a post. Um, a lot of charities, like you said, do offer like free resources and don't expect anything. Um, so even just like, you know, if you use the resource and it really impacted you, it's really benefited you, um, just being like that to, you know, whether it's to friends or online, like whatever is, is still a great way to, to support them. Um, Cause I feel like, uh, you know, we as a team uh, love talking about mental health and we always say that like mind as an organization to have like great resources. Like one of the things I found really interesting was uh, during the whole pandemic, they were just sharing to different, like, I guess, targeted people like how they could look after their mental health so like they said as a manager you know this is how you can ensure that your mental health is okay but also the the people under you their mental health is okay um they were just like yeah they were just like students you know you've got exams you've got all this stuff everything's sort of up in the air this is how you can look after your mental health and i think like i was sharing that throughout the pandemic because i was just like yeah you know what some of this stuff is really good uh and especially because i was on placement at the moment i was just like yeah actually it would be really great if but like other managers knew about this so they could also ensure that they were implementing this within their teams. Um, so yeah, that's really good. And thank you uh, for that. And I guess. Yeah, no worries. Oh, no, thank you. Uh, and I guess we sort of like come to the, to the last official question before I hand over to you for passing the mic. Uh, and essentially, I think this is the best way after hearing of all the amazing things that you're doing, after hearing, you know, about all dogs go to heaven. What's next for you? Right. So other than, yeah, all dogs go to heaven, uh, which you can also follow my socials for that. I think it's just all dogs go to heaven underscore UK, something like that. It's quite easy to find, um, which I'll be posting throughout the summer for more information. Um, I really hope to stay in the charity sector um, just because it feels really nice to like, I love communications. I want to stay in the communication side Um, because I love promoting things and being creative but it feels really nice that I'm not just promoting a product for no reason I'm actually helping people and like the messages I receive from people it's so nice to feel like you know that one post I did it changed someone's whole birth experience so anything so yeah it doesn't just have to be birth like whatever I do I hope I do stay in the charity sector but sector sector (laughs) but um there are two more things that um definitely something that I'm involved in the first being I also work for I completely forgot to say this I also work a a bit part-time for this other charity and it's called Stopwatch UK and it's basically um helping for young people to advocate for their rights again but for stop and searches because we know that specifically men don't that is just something that happens so frequently for especially black men and it's just not like spoken about enough but um, at the moment, I've been invited to um, partake as a co-researcher into looking into how girls are stopped and searched and the research around that, because there isn't any. And um, at the moment, we've basically we've done a few interviews um, about this and there's a survey going around. And then this Monday coming, the 6th of June, we're actually going to the parliament with um, MP Bell Barrow. Let's forget her last name, um, Bell. And she's basically going to chair the meeting about um, this research. And I think I'm going to say a speech, actually, just about what we're doing. Um, It's a really lovely group of young women that have um, partaked in this this research. So I'm really excited to um, kickstart that and be a part of that. So, yeah, you can get tickets for that actually on Eventbrite. Um, 
if this goes out before then, or just look out for research. Stopwatch UK Research Girls Project. Um, yeah. Wow. Uh, what, like I said before, what aren't you doing? That is incredible to see what's next for you. Um, and I think, I think generally it's, it's, like I said, it's really great work that you're doing. And the fact that you're not only working for one, but two charities and thinking about starting your own charity. Like I said, it, it, the sky's clearly just the limit for Sydney. Um, oh, for everyone, honestly, like, I have a lot of all, all this stuff, but if I'm actually whether going to, gonna do it or not who knows but yeah i try <laughs> oh no no i'm sure it'll all go well and uh yeah we'll make sure that anything uh that we can share with our, our audience we will definitely uh share that their way uh -huh. um, thank you no you're very welcome and i guess we've now come on to passing the mic where i uh pass the mic over virtually uh over to our amazing guest speakers uh so i'm now gonna hand over to sydney uh could you please ask me the question that you prepared for today yeah so i just wanted to know whether do you think that um, your podcast has basically made an impact? I don't know if that's just because I have a quite charity, charitable mindset, but do you think it's making an impact? And have you received any feedback on that? Uh, so let me let me start off with uh, when I, when I got your question, Ooh. I generally was just like, Whew, "What's my <laughs> answer going to be?" Uh, <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> no, 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 no. Honestly, I, uh, it's a good question, and it's uh, good to put me on the spot. Um, I think. In all honesty, uh, yes, uh, I have. I do believe that pick up the mic does have an impact on students. I think, like you said, um, I know I definitely do this. I don't know if anyone else on our team does this as well. Um, but I get in sometimes in the mindset of, oh my gosh, you know, like if a video hasn't like had loads of views, or you know, if I've got a link and I put in Linktree and not a lot of people have clicked on it, I'm just like, oh my gosh, you know, like no one is really engaging with it. No one's doing this. No one's doing that. But yeah. I think the incredible thing that sometimes happens is like when people come like for example might come up to me or might just you know share on LinkedIn and be like oh my gosh wow this is really good um so I guess one bit of feedback is uh so it was literally um, my sister started uh started doing it through her page that she runs on Instagram uh, we just started this thing called Tuesday Motivation so it was like every Tuesday uh sometime in 2020 we were just like well lots going on in the world but hey we want to offer you like this bit of motivation each week to just encourage you. And I think for me, like, I didn't know this. It was just someone in the team just said like, oh my gosh, um, like, please, uh, my friends tell me like, please keep sharing this because they said, hearing like some of the stuff that you put for your motivation is like really encourages me to like keep on going and keep on doing stuff. Uh, and like, you know, especially when they were just like, oh, when I was doing uni and stuff, it was crazy. Um, so yeah, so I think like, I guess content wise, sometimes there's that tendency for anyone, I guess, to be like, oh my gosh, hasn't got a lot of likes or hasn't got a lot of views or, you know, it's not doing as well as I'd love it to. But I think, like you said, or it's just that like one comment or like one like or one person who truly appreciates it and says like, wow, this is really important. This has really impacted me and changed my life. Um, I guess feedback wise, um, for our like main series, uh, which is obviously this, uh, definitely I've received feedback of like people saying that, I guess there was information given that they didn't know about. Um, they've said that, you know, when it comes to conversations of representation, um, it's been really good to like highlight stuff. Um, I think the thing that like really shocked me was when members of like the university, uh, like uh, staff members were just like, oh my gosh, like um, I didn't know that certain students, you know, felt like this about representation or, you know, they wanted to oh, see more. Yeah. Um, so that like really surprised me because I was just like, oh my gosh, I didn't know you guys even listened to it. But yeah, um, but, yeah I think like well, you yeah, said. That, but yeah, it's in, well, like 
you know, professors, you know, listening to us is like they're actually listening to us. Exactly. And I think that's 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 so true because I think there's a tendency that as students, you sometimes feel like yes, you can raise like concerns about your course, or you can raise like issues that you're having, but sometimes it's kind of like yes, you're going through that, but nothing's going to change. And I think that sometimes hearing like you know, um, being told that like uh, for example like from from the student union that they were saying oh my gosh um, you know we want to do we we you know want to see your episodes of representation because we want to know how Brunel students have felt about representation and I'm just like well you know here you go this is the link these are what people are saying that you as a university or you as a student union could do more to help support students Um, and I think it's just yeah getting that feedback and being able to know that actually like even if like I said, a video doesn't do amazingly well or, you know, don't get loads of likes or whatever to just know that there are people out there that are just like, actually, you know, I'm going to start implementing changes um, because of the stuff I've heard on here. I think that's just been really great. I think, yeah, well, that's really good. That Thank you for answering my question in that way. That is oh, really thank you. And that's what I was hoping to hear as well. Because um, honestly, even just one person listened to this podcast today it would make my day because that the information that they hopefully have heard today could be really invaluable to them and it could change their career journey or what they want to do and make them realize that there is a way out of uni and you can have a career you don't just have to put your degree on the back burner you can try and get into work as soon as possible um if you find those opportunities but definitely check your Bruno emails because I feel like a lot of people don't know the stuff that's true (laughs) they really don't you need to check your emails guys (laughs) no I definitely think that's true um and I think like you said um there's so I've got I guess two I've got two points to say to that so I guess the first thing is uh yeah I'm a massive like comic book Marvel DC nerd um and one of the things that uh Yeah, thank you. Uh, and one of the things that uh, in like uh, Justice League that was shared was this idea of like, uh, so it's, it's point of the film, if you, if you haven't watched it, I definitely would recommend. Um, but basically, uh, the Flash asked Batman, like, how do I be a superhero? Like, what do I do? And he just said, like, save one. And I think that really stuck with me because it's like built in the mentality, like, I guess worldwide, we're built in the mentality of like loads of like, loads of money, loads of like, uh, like promotion and being like that's prestigious person is like amazing that's the goal but actually it's kind of like and we mentioned it in this last episode of like being content with everything so as an individual you being content with when you've got like loads when you've got little um there's like a scripture in the bible that says that that you know i'm happy when i've got loads of money i'm happy when i don't i'm happy when i've got loads of food i'm happy when i don't and i think even like on that on one end is really important but also on the other end it's about like i don't need to you know like make a massive movement on the world and like, you know, have, you know, campaign and do stuff like that. Because that's one of the things that, especially through this podcast has always annoyed me that, um, that sometimes I feel like there are loads of individuals that we've had on this podcast that are doing like amazing work and doing great things. And it's kind of like, they don't have that platform that's, you know, that that's promotes it. And it's kind of like, well, it's great to see that you guys are doing this, but I'm like, why isn't someone like, speaking to you guys or asking you guys to like come on podcasts or come do this or come do that and I've always just said that like there are a lot of unsung heroes and I think especially when it comes to uni students um mm-hmm. that can be the case so this idea of like always being able to impact that one person um is always just like stuck with me and in, I think like you said it's also encouraging that you know whether you know after you graduate from uni you want to go and start your own business or you want to go you know 
work part-time and do your master's course or do a master's course straight away or take a gap year. Like you can do that and you can still have like a fulfilled life. Um, mm-hmm. And it's not about, you know, I'm, you know, I graduated and now I've got a, like a hundred K job and I've can, you know, do all yeah. of this. It's about like, actually, you know, I've graduated and, you know, for, for one person, it might just simply be, I started a business. Yeah. We're not making a lot of money, but actually I'm, having a huge impact on individuals uh, through the products that I sell or through the services that I provide. Um, For others, it might just be like to just work with their dream company would be amazing. And I think that's, yeah, I think that's generally just so true. Yeah, honestly, just enjoy, like, try and enjoy life. And when you are thinking about a job, yeah, everyone wants to get paid loads, but realistically, you can't always do that as a graduate, um, like just as a recent graduate, So find something that you actually will enjoy because honestly, mental health is so important. And I can say, even though I worked part-time, I don't get paid massive amounts because I work part-time. I still make so much memories with my friends outside of work and I have the time to do that because I work part-time. So at this moment in time, I wouldn't change that for the world. Exactly. And I think it's, it's just that sense of not feeling like you have to like do like like you said, like chase this this like dream of like, oh yeah, to be successful you have to do all of this and this, or you know, like we joked at the start, be on Love Island and you know, be promoting stuff and uh, you know, yeah. uh, depop and all uh, not depop, sorry, um uh pretty little thing and all of that, you know, like being a influencer and it's just like no, like you can just do like your thing and and be successful. And I think, you know, to another thing to add to this is, you know, this idea of success, I think people always say like, don't think that, you know, there's an age limit to success. So like, if you're not like 25 and you've started your own company and you're bringing in like 6k, that's uh, six, sorry, six figures. Um, then that's like a bad thing. Like, no, actually, um, you know, like I think, uh, I saw a post about this on LinkedIn and they were just like, age is never like a definition of when you can start your dreams. They were just like, uh, Colonel Sanders, the guy who did KFC started at 60. Um, they were just like, uh, yeah. And it, they're like, they listed, I think like Bill Gates was like in his thirties when he set up Microsoft. Um, there were other people and they were just like, even like they were saying like, a- like athletics wise, like Usain Bolt won his, um, first Olympic gold medal, I think at 27, I think if I'm correct. So yeah. So they were literally just like, you don't need to feel like, you know, the time's passed you. Um, you can just, you know, keep doing things. And I think even in life, like the, I think the greatest lesson that I personally feel like I've learned is it's when, like you said, you really are doing stuff, not because, you know, it's going to give you that like extra bit of money or that extra bit of prestigiousness on your like CV or on your career. Um, but you're doing stuff because you generally enjoy it. I feel like that's when you, like you said, you're building these memories that actually will be with you for life. Like, um, even like also like the, the team I work with, um, one of them I met through literally doing the podcast and probably would not have met them if I didn't do it. Um, but everyone else I only met through, the work placement I did during my undergrad and that that work placement like I always say that it was like a last minute thing I didn't even see like you said a typical uni student I didn't check my emails about it here's me worrying for a year placement and I saw the email I applied I like got the job and like that year yes COVID got in the way and did sort of like injure like the last six months but like those first six months were like probably one of the the best times I've had at uni. Um, oh, that's great. And I've, yeah. And, and I've hundred percent and all those connections like I've, that I've built then is, is always stuck with me. And I think, like you said, it's just being like, okay, you know, 
that, like, I might not necessarily be bringing in loads of money. Or I might not necessarily be, you know, doing the same thing as someone else, but that doesn't mean I'm what I'm doing isn't enough or isn't good enough. Um, yeah. So yeah, I definitely feel like that's so true. Yeah. And honestly, like, even I, I am really grateful to say that I've had a lot of experiences, but um, a lot of it, it's just because I've done what I've enjoyed. And then the rest is honestly has come to me and it's because I'm just open to receiving what is meant for me. So the more you're in that mindset instead of saying, no, I need to do this. I need to get this job. Just go with the flow. And I'm telling you, like, the happier you are, the easier life experiences will come to you and you'll get that opportunity. Because you came to me and I was like, oh, wow, this is so good. And, and literally a few weeks before you came to me, my friend was, we were speaking about all dogs go to heaven. And she's like, you need to go on a podcast. You need to speak about this. And I was like, there's no way in hell I'd ever be on a podcast. Like, how would that come about? So, yeah, you never know what could happen. <laughs> Honestly, that's so true. And I think, yeah, I think that's that's a nice way to end this this section of like being open and ready to to receive things and I think it's not always about like what like like I said like with the work placement it had nothing really to do with my degree but yeah. like the whole experience the people that I met like it it was it was probably better than if I had worked with something to do with my degree mm-hmm. um, and I feel like that's something that people just need to be open to like you said that you don't have to like have a one made plan and stick to that plan the whole way through life like yes it is good to have plans I'm not saying like you should just go through life without planning anything because <laughs> yeah. uh, I've never worked but I'd say like just be open like you said to just if things don't work your way don't see it as a wrong thing see it as like a, a blessing in disguise yeah um, just because, time. exactly and it's and it's and it's okay it's okay if you know you apply for a job you didn't your dream job you didn't get it um because I think that's one of the things that my, that my, like, and I guess the last point I'll, I'll say to this, because I feel like you said, I feel like I've been talking it for ages. Um, <laughs> but one of the things that I think my dad said uh, about my mum, uh, and he said to me as well, um, was he was saying that my mum uh, had applied to work at different places. Um, and like all the places she's applied to work for and got rejected from, she basically got hired at those places again when she wasn't really looking for employment. Yeah. Um, and she was saying like, that's one of the greatest things ever. And then even for me, it was one of those things where like the year, the placement I ended up doing was not the placement I wanted to do when I started. And I was adamant. I was just like, this, this is the placement I wanted to do. This is what I did. And then when I didn't get it, I was just like, wow, yeah. this, this like really sucks. Um, and I was just like, what am I going to do? Am I going to have to go straight into third year? And then, like you said, just I, like, I saw the email. I was like, wow, you know, this sounds really interesting. Sounds like something I would enjoy. Let me just check it out. If I, if I get it great, if not, then I'll just go into third year. And then, yeah, just luckily yeah. got it. Um, and yeah, I've been grateful for that ever since. Yeah, that's great. I'm really, I'm really happy for you that that worked out. And oh, yeah, okay. just everyone who's, who is listening, it's not the end of the world. Okay, mm. guys, like, <laughs> it will always work out eventually. Exactly. No, definitely. And I guess going on to, to the last section before the end of our MC of the Month section, um, while this might be our shortest MC of the Month section ever, that is, doesn't mean that it's not one of the most important. Uh, and the reason why it's very short is because for this episode, as I said at the start, it's all about supporting charitable initiatives and organizations. And I can't really pick an MC of the month because they're like Sydney was saying, there's like amazing organizations that do like so much work for so many different people. You've heard about some of them today. You you probably have seen some of them in your personal life. Uh, And I think a key thing to highlight um, from, you know, from our mic check section was that a lot of these organizations are not big 
organizations or big charities, some of them are quite small or, or, you know, compared with other ones, they're not as big. And it's knowing that that there are all these organizations that do amazing work, like some of the ones we mentioned today, uh, some of the ones, like I said, you probably know in your personal life, uh, to know that they're, I guess, out there as not only doing active work and research to discuss these these topics um but they're also going out there and they're raising awareness they're providing resources uh and most of the time if not all the time these are all free and these are all things that you can use you can support yourself you can support others um yeah i can't i can't just pick one so uh yeah our MCs of the month are essentially every charity that's out there doing creative work uh helping communities uh you know improving and looking after individuals health uh and essentially offering people that extra bit of support um so yeah that's those are those are our MC of the month um but yeah, we've now come officially to the end of the episode and uh, I want to say a huge thanks to Sydney for being an amazing guest speaker. As I said, you know, it kind of feels like I was uh, on the on the call with Wonder Woman because uh, essentially she, she's, she's, she's doing so much. She's doing all these like amazing things. Um, yes. No, no, you're very welcome. Um, honestly, like I said, I'm really interested uh, to see what happens with All Dogs Go to Heaven and all the other stuff that you do because it sounds really interesting. Uh, and yeah, that event, definitely. Uh, I wish you all the best for that. I'm sure that'll go very well uh and yeah who knows we'll, we'll, i'll look forward to to seeing that speech uh because yeah it looks like it'll, it should be really good um thank you, thank you for having me it's been a really 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 good good conversation thank you no no thank you uh now before before you go um there might be some of our audience thinking wow Sydney, Sydney's amazing. Or, you know, they might be like, ooh, all dogs go to heaven sounds really interesting. Uh, and essentially, what is the best way for them to get in contact with you? Um, I would definitely say all dogs go to heaven underscore UK on Instagram um, and Facebook are, are really good ways to get in contact with me. Um, and maybe, yeah, uh, this, when you post this, you could tag me on Instagram as well, my personal Instagram, if people want to DM me through there, um, which would be great. Yeah, and if, I mean, if you do need advice for um, if you're having a child, then <laughs> you can find my contact information on Birthrights. Um, just type in Birthrights, and it will come up. The website will come up straight away. Perfect. Thank you. Uh, and yeah, you've heard it here, wonderful audience. So if you want to get in contact with Sydney, please do that. Uh, if you like this video, a like, comment and subscribe is always appreciated. Uh, and if you're not already a Patreon member, then please, you know, you're always encouraged to be a Patreon member. So you can have that extra bit of uh, pick up the micness. Uh, yeah, made up on the spot. So uh, you can have that extra bit of pick up the mic. Um, and yeah, essentially keep an eye out for the next episode of pick up the mic. We're slowly approaching the end of season four, which is crazy to think. Um, but honestly, wish you all the best. Look after yourselves, guys and we'll see you all in the next episode where we pick up the mic thank you oh thank you